Hey, what's up, everybody? I uh, got a nice hour and a half long solo podcast for you. What the heck? Hour and a half, John. What are you going to talk about for an hour and a half with nobody else? I don't know. Uh, give it a listen and you get to see. Uh, and if you do, if you start the podcast, do whatever you got to do to listen all the way to the end. Do whatever you got to do. Listen to it over the next five years if you have to. But there's a running joke throughout the whole podcast. Uh, and if you don't listen all the way to the end, I might sound like a jerk. So I would I would love, I would love it. I think this is a great episode. I think you'll enjoy it. I would love if you listened to the whole thing. If you do, you're awesome. If you don't, you're still awesome. Uh, and thanks for clicking to listen anyway. So I love you. I hope you enjoy the episode, and here we go. Okay. All right, yo. So, do you know how people say that the mind of a child is a beautiful thing? I I honestly think the people who say that have never met a child. Because the mind of a child is uh, just about the furthest thing from uh, beautiful. <laughs> and so I think the people who say that, that the mind of a child is a beautiful thing, one, have never met one child ever in their life. I think the people who say that know zero children or so it's either those people who who know zero people and they just say that phrase they say the mind of a child is a beautiful thing to like be cool you know because if you say that and around a group of people it shows how kind of thoughtful you are and how deeply you can think and look at a child who's uh, covered in mud and his own snot and piss and be like, his mind is beautiful. That's, like, you people who say that either know, know zero kids total and have never spoken to one, or they say that to be cool so they can sound really thoughtful uh, in social situations. Or, third option, those people either have our parents those people either have children or have like baby little nieces or nephews that they're really close to or like little baby cousins uh and they're extremely emotionally connected to that child and so that their thinking becomes irrational because uh if you know if you know children and you're not clouded with the emotions of how much you love that little kid, uh, then you'll know in in about uh, five seconds that the <laughs> that the mind of that child is not beautiful. Okay, <laughs> and now uh, I'm not saying this just to be funny, but I I think it needs to be said. I really do. I think it needs to be said because people always say that. People always say, oh, you know, the mind of a child is a beautiful thing. Uh, no, it's not. 
Okay? Uh, no. The mind of, uh, let's say, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson is a beautiful thing. The mind of Steve Jobs, that was a beautiful thing. Uh, the mind of it, adults, okay, are beautiful. <laughs> Nobody looked at Shakespeare when he was four and thought his, he's got it. He's finished. He's, he's good. He's at peak condition right now. No. The mind of Shakespeare at, uh, when he was in first grade was next to nothing. It was next to nothing. It was, it was so neck, it was basically zero. Because when children are born, they're not finished. They can't. Babies do nothing. They can't do anything. If you left a baby alone, baby's dead. Uh, yeah, baby's dead. Uh, probably less than newborn baby's dead. Less two days, probably done. You can't do anything. Babies need like uh, at least 18 more years in the womb to, to uh, actually be people. And to actually have maybe close to a beautiful mind. Because 18-year-olds still know nothing. Know nothing. And me, I'm only 23 years old. And I know about one thing. So I'm not saying, like, oh, I'm so much older than all these people. I know all these things. No. I know, I know one thing. And that's it. And the one thing that I know is... That I don't know anything. That's the one thing that I know. I know a hundred percent. I'm so secure in my knowing that I know nothing. Okay? An 18-year-old doesn't have that. I'm the best as an 18-year-old. That's what 18-year-olds think. That's, and it's okay. It's okay because I was like that at 18 years old too. But now I know, uh, well, I'm one, the same. But I know that I know uh, nothing. And so that helps me. Uh, it helped me knowing that I know nothing helps me do all the things that I wanted to do because, you know, I know I have to learn to do them and I have to practice everything that I do because I know that I suck at uh, everything. And so that, see, I, my mind is not, even, uh, is not even beautiful yet. And so, the mind of children, totally not. If you, like, they're not even next to beautiful. They're next to nothing. Okay? And so, like, so what I mean by that is a, is a child's mind is next to nothing. I mean, like, if you had nothing, like, think of, think of nothing ever. Think of space where there's nothing there. Think of nothing. And that's exactly what I mean by uh, that a children's mind is next to nothing. And now this is coming from somebody. Don't, don't think that I don't like kids. Because I love kids. I, 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 wor I work with children every single day. I, and I love it. And I love it. I wake up happy because I'm going to go hang out with kids. And so don't don't think 
that I don't like kids because basically my whole life revolves around kids. Uh, so because I love them so much and I, that's why I'm a teacher and I really love doing my job uh, and it's something I can see myself doing for a really long time because I love it and it's natural for me. I enjoy doing it. Literally the only thing I think about all day is teaching. All day, every single day. The only thing I think about is teaching and then coming here and talking to my beloved listeners because I love you so much. Those are the two things that I think about uh, is teaching, you know, writing lesson plans and then teaching and then talking to the like about on average 76 of you who listen to this podcast. Uh, (laughs) You're my beloved listeners. I love you so much. So when you hear me say beloved, listeners and you think oh no he's not talking about me no you you listening to this i love you i love you so much you are my beloved i love you okay i love you so thank you uh and so but kids know next to nothing and next to nothing is space space you know space outer space there's nothing there like all of the things that are in space are so far isn't that kind of (laughs) isn't that kind of a stupid name to for space like the 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 stuff that is not earth we call it space don't you think they could have been a little bit more creative with the name of space because we just named it after the stuff that it isn't Cause there's there, because <laughs> we so we named space after the stuff that it isn't that space isn't because space is filled with stars and planets and galaxies and dark matter and dark energy and all these different things and comets and rocks and other stuff that's in there, but we named space after the stuff that's not that and we named space space because there's so much space (laughs) in between all of the stuff that's out there that we were just like oh there's like so much room in this universe it's pretty spacious you're a genius let's call it let's call it that space the spacious universe. That's that's what it is. We're gonna call it uh, space, because this because this universe has so much nothing in it that we're gonna say that there's so much space in this universe. So now we're gonna call it that. And all of the extra, all the space that's in space, all the nothing that's there. That's what that's what a mind of a child is. It's like that. Like the, the space between, <laughs> like the space between our galaxy and one that's super far away from ours is filled with a lot of nothing, and that's also what the mind of a child is filled with is nothing. Because um, <laughs> all right, and so now what I said, like you don't have to be Shakespeare or Neil deGrasse Tyson or. Uh, J. Cole, let's say. He's got a beautiful mind. I think he makes good music. Uh, you don't have to be an international superstar 
to or famous to have a beautiful mind. You know what I think a beautiful mind is? I think an example of a beautiful mind is when, all right, so, so you know when, so you have, you have groups of friends and you have different groups of friends and sometimes those groups of friends don't know each other and sometimes some one person in one of your groups of friends is kind of shy and doesn't do well in social situations or uh, is more kind of reserved and introverted. And so when they're in social situations with people who they don't know, they get a little clammy or nervous and shy and, and they don't like being there for so long. So do you know that? So you know that person. You do. You, you all, your group of friends and how one of them is uh, uh, shy and nervous. And so imagine that one person in that group, uh, he, imagine that person in that group, that one group of friends, you take him out and you go and hang out with your other group of friends who you know really well, but he or she doesn't know really well. And so you guys are all hanging out uh, and you start hanging out for an hour or two hours go by uh, while you're all hanging out with each other. And then uh, you notice your friend from the other group of friends, he, he, he starts uh, like, fiddling with his keys just for like half a second. You see him pick up his keys and start fiddling with it and then put it back into his uh put it back into his pocket. And he doesn't even notice that he did it, that friend. But you see him pick up his keys and you fiddle with it and then you realize, oh shoot, he's getting a little antsy. We should wrap this up. I don't want my friend uh to sit in his nerves and be uh uncomfortable in this situation. So then you wrap it up and you say just really subtly, nonchalantly, you naturally, you, you, you kind of say, hey, we're getting out of here. I got to go. Much love. Nice seeing you guys. I'm glad you got to meet my friend from this other group of friends. And then you leave. And now your friend knows. And then your friend is no longer in an uncomfortable situation and is no longer sitting uh, and being antsy. Uh, and he feels more comfortable and he's super happy that you left that situation because he was getting... Uh, a little overwhelmed with all the new people, so that that is a beautiful that's a beautiful mind. That's a beautiful mind. I do. I love that. That is an example like that. If you did that right there, if that happened in real life, and you saw your friend getting uncomfortable, but he didn't even know he was showing that he was being uncomfortable, and then you were like, and then you wrapped it up supernaturally, and you just everybody you just smoothly got out of there with your friend, and then everybody was like, oh yo. That friend that uh, John brought, he was super cool. I hope he had a good time. We should bring him around more often. And then you do, and then he gets to know all those people, and then he's no longer uncomfortable in the situation because he knows all those people, and then you're all great friends. That is a beautiful mind. That's what a beautiful mind is. Okay, so you don't have to be Shakespeare. You don't have to be J. Cole. I can't, I don't, I don't like how I paired them together. I know nothing about Shakespeare, but uh, he lived mad long ago, and we talk about him a lot. So, and we read his stuff in school, uh, and I really doubt that people are going to read J. Cole's stuff hundreds of years from now. So, uh, I just like J. Cole a lot, and I know Shakespeare is super popular, and he did a lot for the world. So, uh, that's why I said Shakespeare. But I think they both have beautiful minds, but we probably can't be pairing them together. Um, uh, so, you don't have to be them to have a beautiful mind. Uh, but you do know what you do have to be to have a beautiful Do you know what you don't? Do you know what you can't be to have a beautiful mind? A child. You can't be that. 
there's so many other things that you can be and can do to show that you have a beautiful mind, except uh, being a kid, except being a child. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> kids, they can't do anything. They can't. Like, if nothing. Nothing. That's why their brains are like outer space. Even that is a really stupid name for outer space. Outer space. The space that's farther away from the nothing that's close to us. Outer space. The space that's farther away from our space. The space that's close to us. The nothing that's close to us, that's space. But then the nothing that's far away from us, that's the outside space. They might as well have just called it far away space. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, who decided this? Who said outer space? What about inner space? Where's inner space? That's not a thing. Silly. You know? Silly. Because you know what uh, isn't silly? How we call the planets. What we call the planets. I think that's pretty interesting. Because they have pretty cool names. The, what we call our planets are the names of Roman gods. And I think that's kind of cool and creative. has nothing to do with what they actually are, but it's cool. And if we're just going to willy-nilly name things, might as well name them something sick, like Neptune. That's Mars. That's sick. That's dope. Mercury. That's cool, right? And I do know the other planets' names too, but I think it would get repetitive if I just said them. <laughs> You know what is cool though? Uh, when I was in Greece, we we could see Mars. You could actually see there was actually one day where you could see Venus, Venus, Jupiter, and Mars. Uh, it was pretty cool. But then on that day, my Greek cousin was he pointed it out. And he was like, "Hey, look, that's Aries," and I was like, "What?" I was like, "What do you mean? That's Aries?" And he's like, "Yeah, the planet, Aries." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "Do you mean?" I was like, I'm, I was like, isn't that Mars? And he was like, ah, see, yo, he was like, we're Greeks. And I was like, no way. I was like, yeah, you're right. You are Greeks. So we call, and so the Greeks have, you know how there's the Roman gods and the Greek gods? They're all basic kind of the same gods, but they have different names for them. It was super cool when he was like, hey, that's Aries. And I was like, what? Oh, no way. Because you guys are Greeks. Because so you, you, your names of the planets are the Greek gods' names. Like, that'd be pretty uh, awful if the Greeks called the planets after the Roman gods. That would be pretty awful. It'd be kind of a slap in the face. But I bet you they wouldn't realize it because the Roman Empire and the Greek uh, kingdom, when it was super booming, was a long time ago. So I think they'd get over it by now. Uh, but I think that's pretty cool. I never heard somebody call a planet differently, call a planet a different name. But Greek cousin was like, hey, that's Ares. And then he said all the, uh, the other names, too. I forget what they were. I remember Neptune was kind of cool. Uh, oh, Poseidon. Yeah. Neptune was called, it's called Poseidon. They call Pos Neptune Poseidon. How sick is that? Right? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, and you know what else is kind of interesting about what, how people learn things in different countries? So if you're in America listening to this, you probably are. We were taught our whole lives that there's seven continents. Seven continents. Uh, but... Uh, in Central America and here in Thailand, 
they teach, and I'm sure other places too, but they only teach that there's six continents. They, they combine, all the continents are the same, except North America and South America. They call it America. It's the American continent, because uh, it's one landmass. So that's what they call it. They call it the American continent. So they count North America and South America as one continent. Uh, and then all the rest are the same. But then, but then, there are some nations that say, and so the, the American thing, that's understand. I get that. It makes sense. It makes more sense than seven continents, I think. I think having the American continent, North and South America, because they're one landmass, land be one continent. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, but then there's some nations that uh, only only uh, teach that there's five continents. There's only five continents. And you know what I think about this? When people teach that there's only five continents? Guess what? I think it's so stupid. Because listen what they do. Listen to what they do. Like this is stupid. Like it's stu- it's so much more stupid than counting North America and South America as two separate continents. Like I think that's kind of dumb. Saying that these are two separate continents but they're one landmass. Land I think that's a little stupid. Uh but do you know what other what the five continents are in some nations that they teach it? They say the Americas are one continent. Europe is another continent. Asia is another continent, and then Africa is a continent, and the fifth continent is Antarctica and Australia, and they call it Oceania, the continent, Oceania. I think that's... uh... Stupid. Mm-hmm. I think that's more stupid than calling space space. And I think it's more stupid than calling outer space outer space. I think it's more stupid than calling outer space faraway space. That's how stupid it is. Because faraway space logically makes sense. Oceania, one continent? Uh, doesn't make sense. Doesn't. Doesn't. Logically, it doesn't. But you know me. I'm. I mean, I say this all the time. I'm half a moron. I don't know anything about logic uh, at all. Because remember, I know one thing, and that's it. Uh, so I'm an 18 year old plus one thing that I know, which is I know that I know nothing. Uh, but that thing is a very important thing. So if you are less, I think, <laughs> I think if you are less than. Uh, if you're less than 29 and you say that you know more than one thing, uh, I think you're lying. And then I also think you don't know that thing. So once you become 30, okay, all right, we, we can listen to you. And we can, you can do things properly. Because we don't know anything. We don't know anything. We know nothing. We haven't done anything ever. In our lives, all we have done is uh, paid lots of money to go to college and then be in debt and have to pay for it for a long time. That's the only thing I've done in my life so far. 
Wow. All right, we're rolling. This is uh, going. Uh, <laughs> because, do you know what the one thing I have done in my life? This is the most proud. Here's the story. Oh, I gotta. We got to start talking about the kids. Uh, yeah, but we got to tell the story. This is... Uh, I gotta tell the story of how kids know how kids' minds are not beautiful. Uh, but I gotta tell this story now because it's it's the best thing that I've ever done in my life so far, and I'm being serious. Okay, <laughs> this is it's the best thing that I've done in my life so far. I'm 23 years old, and this thing is the best. All right, so it was when I was in college. I was in my sophomore year at Liberty University, so my second year at Liberty, but my third year in college, uh, remember, half a moron, took me five years, uh, and I was in my sophomore year, it was finals week, uh, for the fall semester, finals week, and I had to take an Old Testament class, uh, on the Old Testament of the Bible, and, uh, somebody, uh, somebody in my class, she asked to study uh, with me. And I was like, okay, cool. And she asked uh, me to uh, send her the study guide because she lost hers or whatever. Uh, so she asked me to send her uh, my study guide. Cause, and, it's, and she was absent one day. She was absent the day we, ah, yeah, 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 there it was. She was, all right. <laughs> so she was absent the day that we did the study guide in class. And so she was like, hey, can you send me your study guide? And so what I did on the study guide was uh, I added something to it. And I added, because uh, one of the questions was, it was, it was, one of the questions was, list the uh, five accomplishments of King David. Now, I don't remember at this point what any of them were, but I, I wrote, in a, wrote in the fifth one that was fake. And the fifth one that I, was fake well, it was always there. It asked the question, and I had five blank lines for us to fill in the accomplishments of King David. So, on the fifth line, I wrote, Discovered gravity. And then I took pictures of the study guide and I sent it to her. Uh, and so I sent her the, the pictures, and she didn't say anything. She didn't say anything. A few days go by. And then she's like, Hey, you want to go study at the library for this final? I was like, Sick. Uh, and so, but then before she, we do it, before we go to study, she was like, hey, I saw on the study guide, you say the thing about King David discovering gravity, and I don't remember seeing that in the textbook. And I was like, yeah, 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 it's not written in the textbook. And then she, and then she was like, wait, 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 but also I didn't see it in the textbook, or I haven't seen it anywhere online. And I was like, <laughs> so already, she's already looked through the textbook. And has searched the internet to see any credible source that uh, gives David, King David from the Bible, uh, credit for discovering gravity. He's already done that much. So we're already, it's already, we're playing with house money here. Okay? Uh, <laughs> my beloved listeners, I love you guys so much. <laughs> and so, so here's the story. And so we, uh, and so what I say to her, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our professor, he talked about it during class that day you were absent. And he said that uh, it's not written in the textbook. And it's not, you can't find it anywhere online because uh, all the scientists and uh, scholars of, of the academic world 
don't like giving credit to a biblical character for discovering such a scientific principle. Um, and so that's why you don't find anything about it online, uh, and you won't see it in any textbooks because uh, the world doesn't want to give credit to a biblical character for discovering such a scientific uh, 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 principle. And, and so that's why you won't find it anywhere. And, but I was like, I promise you, it's going to be that our professor, he promised us that it's going to be on the final, so I promise you, know it. Uh, and she was like, wow, that's crazy. Thank you so much. And then, you know what I did? I went and I made a Quizlet and I made flashcards all with King David discovering gravity on it. And I created different questions about it and I expanded on it. Like I made it a big thing. And I, I like added more to the store. Oh, yeah. And oh my gosh, this is, about, this is probably the best part. And and so one time she asked me, and this I wrote it on the Quizlet and the flashcards. She asks me, she goes, how did King David discover gravity? And I said, all right, so you know how normally people credit Isaac Newton for discovering gravity? And in, because an apple fell on his head while he was sitting under a tree. And she was like, oh, yeah, I do know that. I, did, I have heard about that. She was like, oh, yeah, right. And I was like, but what really happened was King David <laughs> was King David was sitting under a tree and the Old Testament fell on his head and bang, he thought of gravity. And she said, no way. <laughs> and then I was like, yo, I've got it. She's hooked. She's hooked. She's on it. Uh, and then we go, we take the final. This is w like 10 days. This is 10 days of me talking about King David discovering gravity, making Quizlets. I wish I could find the Quizlet. I wish I could find the flashcards. Uh, uh, just 10 days of studying for this final that King David discovered gravity. And then we go and we take the final. And I'm just loving every second of it. Every second of it. And then just... Fortunately, we finished the final at the same exact time, and we both exit the room. It was like a really big class. There was hundreds of students in the class. We exit, we meet in the back hallway, and I was like, oh, how'd you think of the final? She was like, oh, I thought it was pretty easy, but I didn't see any questions about King David discovering gravity. I was pretty disappointed. And then it was, and the, mo the, the way that I felt inside was just that an overwhelming feeling that my life had purpose. It was the most secure and happy with myself that I've ever been in my entire life. I didn't laugh. I didn't, I didn't make a big scene about it because it was just so fulfilling. It was just so fulfilling that being dishonest and lying uh, worked for, for the reason for being funny. And I still, to this day, I think about it all the time. And I think about that girl. And she's a teacher now. 
And, like, and that's how we knew each other. We were both studying to be teachers. Um, and so she teaches children. She'll, if she stays a teacher for her whole career, she'll have influenced hundreds and hundreds of lives. And I love that I know what her brain is like inside just a little bit. <laughs> Because it's so, it was, it's so outlandish. Like, as soon as I said it, like, as soon as I first said King David discovered gravity, I would be like, oh, I thought it was going to end at, ah, ha, ha, you're so funny. What actually is the fifth accomplishment of David? But it didn't. And it lasted for 10 days. Um, and it was the most joyous moment of my life. I think about it often. I think about it a lot. A lot. Like, it's one of my fondest memories. Because it's the best thing that I've ever done in my whole entire life. My beloved. I'm being serious. My beloved listeners, I love you guys. And that's the best thing. It's the best thing that's ever, that I've ever done in my whole entire life. 23 years of life, and that's the best thing. That is uh, it's number one. It's the number one best thing that I've ever done. Ever. So think of uh, first place. And think of... The number one, and that's the exact, uh, that's the exact that that's the exact thing that I've done in my life. The exact best thing ever that I've done is is do that, and I think about it a lot, and it's my crowning achievement. Um, all right, so now now I think is a good time before we get into uh, the the babies. I mean the uh, the children and about how their minds are not beautiful. Uh, we're gonna do song of the week, song of the week, baby. We're gonna talk about song of the week. My favorite song of this week is by Lauren Daigle, like bagel, but spelt differently. Spelt uh, Lauren the normal way, and then Daigle, D-A-I-G-L-E. Lauren Daigle. The song is "Look Up, Child." Child. Oh, what? <laughs> And I'm talking about children. No way. Wow. That's perfect. That's so dope. I didn't even realize that. I did not realize that. That uh, the song for this week, until right now, until this moment, was called Look Up Child. And that all we're doing, that all I'm doing, so far I haven't done that much talking about children yet, but I'm gonna. Uh, no way. That's super cool. Uh, so Lauren Daigle, she's super dope. Uh, and that's uncommon for me to say about a Christian artist. So she's a Christian artist. And she just, and her, her new album is called Look Up Child. Uh, and the feature song on the album is Look Up Child. And because normally, because you know, I'm a Christian. And, but I find it really difficult to listen to a lot of, to most Christian artists. I, I really think they're so corny and really just simple. And they love so many. It's so difficult for me to get into Christian music because I just feel like so much of it is so corny. Corny is the best way to describe it, and so lacking uh, in uh, in so many areas. And it's weird saying because you would think that Christian music is the most deep and the most meaningful, and it's uh, the most creative, and everything. It does all these different things because the religion of Christianity is so poetic. You could do so much with it. It's such a beautiful faith. Um, and you could do, there's so many opportunities to do such cool stuff, but, uh, literally, literally when I listen to Christian music, I was most Christian music, except Lauren Daigle and a few, so Lauren Daigle, uh, she's freaking awesome. 
she's super cool and she like wears cool stuff in her hair and like like uh, wraps like a scarf around it and uh, like a thong is coming out the back and she wears, she wears like loose clothes and she's cool. She's cool. creativity in it it's got who she is in it uh and so then it comes off as having depth and uh being full yeah because that's the way i feel when i want to listen to a lot of christian music i feel like it's empty and it's missing something not in the like the meaning of the words but everything else is just really lacking uh and sometimes even in the meaning of the words it's just so simple like every Every single, almost every single Christian music or Christian song that I listen to is basically the same thing. It's basically the same song written over and over and over again with a few different words. That's a lot of Christian music is just, uh, here, I'll sing it for you. (laughs) I'm not going to sing it, but most Christian music is just like, hey, God, I'm here. I love you, and that's it. And different variations of that. Different variations of those three lines of, Hey, God, I'm here, and I love you. That's it. That's all Christian music is. So now, uh, if you're like, Oh, I should go check out Christian music, you should listen to Lauren Daigle and Josh Garrels and King's Kaleidoscope. Those people are really good. I love those people. They're awesome. Uh, and they make music that's cool and actually really enjoyable to listen to. Uh, but most, most Christian music, hey God, I'm here, it's me, I love you, and I know you love me. Hey God, it's me, I'm here, and I love you, and I know you love me. That's it. That's all Christian music is. That's it. Uh, but Lauren Daigle, super good. Look up, child. Uh, I want to play the first 17 seconds of this song and the last 17 seconds of this song. Uh, the reason I want to play the first 17 seconds is because I met somebody while I was in Krabby, and she was like, yo, she was telling me this, this thing about music, how the first 17 seconds of, this, of a song is really important, and you'll know if you like the song within those 17 seconds. I'm going to play the first 17 seconds and the last 17 seconds. Did you hear that? Like the the song, the middle of the song gets super funky and it's cool. And so that's why I'm not going to play the middle of the song. I want you to go and and listen to the middle of the song because it's dope. Uh, and it gets funky. And she actually performed this song on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, and I was pumped about that because there's a Christian artist. It's, it's pretty weird to have a Christian artist on The Tonight Show. As in weird, not as in bad, but just not normal. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. So she performed this song on Jimmy Fallon. You should go watch that performance because that's that's when I described the way she looks. It was basically from Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. So that was the first 17 seconds. Did you hear the? I thought that was pretty cool. And here come uh, the last 17 seconds. You 
Did you see how it just ended with "Look up"? See, that was super cool, and the whole song is super catchy. Uh, and they do. She does the thing like "Eh, eh." I like that. And so Lauren Daigle, shout out. I hope you listen to this. Uh, you're an international superstar, so I probably you probably won't. But I'm gonna send it to you on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> so that's my favorite song of the week. We're doing that segment. I love this segment because I love music so much. Uh, listen to it from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep. And uh, so I just want to spread uh, the music. I want people to listen to good music. And so that's why that's why, uh, that's why, why I'm doing this segment. Because I wish somebody would do this segment for me. I wish somebody would do this for me. Talk about their favorite song. And why they like them. And show little samples of it. I wish, I wish somebody would do that for me. And so I want to do that for you. Because I, my beloveds, I love you so much. Okay, I love you guys, my beloved little listen, my beloved listeners. I love you guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, and so, uh, I'm not going to tell you if this is the first time you're listening. I'm not the my last podcast ghost features with the other song that I said. I'm not going to tell you about it because you got to go listen to it. You got to go listen to see what the first song of this segment was in my other podcast, on my other episode, uh, go listen to it. But I think uh, eventually uh, I'm going to be creating a playlist of all the songs that I put together, and eventually I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release it. Maybe when I get to 10, each, every 10, I'll probably be like, hey, listen, here's the last 10 songs that I've mentioned on this podcast, so then you could easily go and download them. Uh, I think that's what I'm going to do. So let's get, to, let's get back to these kids. All right. Whew. All right. Let's do this, baby. Come on. Okay, we're rolling, guys. I hope you're having a fun time. I have it. I'm having a blast right now. I love you guys. Um, and so one time I was walking. Uh, I was walking to go get coffee. I was taking my 30 minute journey by feet to go to the nearest coffee place and uh, to go get some coffee because I was thirsty uh, for my iced americano. Because uh, that's what they they don't have regular coffee. They don't have drip coffee. You can't just get iced coffee. Um, got an iced Americana, and they taste really good. Uh, and then I see these two kids that I know from class. And they're like, Mr. John, Mr. John, Mr. John. And those are the only words that they know. And then they come up to me, and they start, they're like, come on, we got to take you somewhere. Like, they start telling me, they start gesturing with their hands for me to follow them. And they start pointing. And I was like, huh, okay, let's follow these kids. Let's see what happens. Uh, but my direction was the totally opposite other direction. But I knew, I knew what was over there. Like it was just around the block, and I knew what was there. But the look on their face, faces was like they discovered something new. It was the the look that they had on their faces that they were gonna bring me somewhere that I would really like. That that was the look on their faces, and that was my first mistake, believing that. Um. So the first, the first thing, and so they start leading me, and I'm like, all right, you know what? I know what's there. I know what's around the corner, and there's nothing there. Uh, but, you know, maybe, maybe I missed something, you know? Maybe they know something that I don't. I'll do it. I'll, I'll bite, okay? okay? I said, I'll bite. I'll see where these kids are taking me. And it's kind of far, and for especially where I was going, super far out of the way. But I was like, you know what? The mind of a child is a beautiful thing. Let's see what they know. Uh, 
I didn't actually think that. <laughs> because even at this point, I knew. I Even at this point, I wasn't completely... This happened about a couple months ago. Uh, and so at this point, I was like, you know what? Maybe children do have beautiful minds. But this was one of the straws that broke my back. Uh, and so they're leading me. And I was like, all right, you know what? And they're pointing. And they're like, come on, let's go. It's going to be awesome. They don't say that, but that's just the look on their faces. They're super excited. They're taking me somewhere. I'm like, all right, word, let's go. And I was like, all right, sweet. And then I started to get excited. I started to get hyped up because they were super excited. I was like, you know what? Maybe, they, maybe they're taking me to a new land. They're going to show me something cool. They're going to show me something that I don't know. They're going to show me something that's going to amaze me. So I'm getting pumped up. And I'm halfway through the journey. I'm like, yo, word, let's go, let's go. And I'm, 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 I'm hyping them up. I'm excited. We're walking. And they're like, one kid doesn't have a shirt on. The other kid has snot coming out of his nose. Neither of them have shoes. One of them's bleeding from his elbows. Uh, and so we're just going. I'm like, all right, this is a ragtag group. And we're walking through the streets of Thailand going going to see something cool and uh so we we go uh and we start walking we, we're walking i'm like all right well, i'm with some gangsters now i'm pumped up i'm ready to go i'm gonna go ready to discover some new land and we turn around the corner and then do you know what i see the the stuff that i see every single time i walk around that corner the same thing there's nothing new there at all and so I look at them, and I put my hands up, and I'm like, yo, what's the deal? And then they point to the food stand that's right there. And then I'm like, okay. And so we go walk another 15 feet to the food stand. And then I look at them again, and I, I put my palms facing the sky. Uh, and I say, all right. What's what's the deal? And then do you know what these kids do? Do you know what these little deviants do? And now this journey was about a quarter mile. Okay? And do you know what these 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 little nothings do? They point to my pocket. They point to the pocket. That my wallet is in. And then they point to the food. Because they saw me. And they said. Let's lead him to the food stand. So he'll buy us food. And do you know what I didn't do? Buy them food. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> and then I looked at the food stand lady, and I knew her. And then she looked at me after she saw the kids point at my pockets and then point at her. And then I looked at them, and I shook my head. And I said, nope, it's not going to happen. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and then they were like kind of pissed. They were kind of disappointed. But the reason I'm not buying, I didn't buy them food because I knew they weren't hungry. I knew they weren't sorry. I knew their parent. I knew their parent. 
I knew them. I see their parents every single day, and I know where those kids live. And so I, they're not hungry. I know that they eat every single day, and they're not hungry. But they're just addicted to sugar because the children here they literally eat candy all day long. Uh, and they wanted me to buy them candy from the food stand. And so I said, I said, no, you, you're not getting candy out of me. And so it wasn't just me being funny and a little pissed at them for leading me on this journey of nothing. Uh, it was totally that. But then it was also me knowing that they don't need food um, because they're not hungry. And also that they eat too much candy. That like the kids here, I kid you, like from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to sleep, they're eating sugar. Like they the they eat so much candy in this country that outside of all of the schools, uh, at the end of the day, those food stands will drive to the schools selling candy because they know how much candy the students eat. And so all day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the kids are eating sweet, and it's really bad. And I think it, it's one of the reasons why they like they spaz out all the time in class because they're just eating sugar all day. It's not good for them. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why I didn't uh, I didn't buy them candy. Mostly because I'm petty, <laughs> and I didn't I didn't want to give it to them. I didn't want to give them the candy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I didn't want to give them the candy. And so I didn't buy it to them. I had the money. I had it. I don't make a lot. I don't have a lot of money here, but things cost, like, most things cost, uh, like, a dollar here. Not even. Uh, you could eat three meals a day for about $3 here. Not, no joke. You can go to, you can go to places where uh, each, like, a full meal, a good meal is a dollar. And it's awesome. Especially in Bangkok. In Bangkok, you can do that. You get three meals a day for $3. Total. Total. $3 for the whole day. You ate three times. Had full, sufficient meals that were delicious. Uh, <laughs> I didn't buy it for them. And uh, <laughs> so then uh, uh, that was one story. But then another story, I was walking. You know, I was doing the same thing. But then there's this thing with stray dogs here, and they're everywhere. And the a part of, uh, and the people kind of just let the dogs do whatever they want. Nobody really owns the dogs, but people will feed the dogs. And so the specific dogs hang out at specific places, and they rule the streets. Um, like even the Thai people, they think I'm crazy because I walk places. Thai people, they don't walk anywhere. And Thai people think it's mad hot in this country. Like, I'll go out at noon, and they're like, yo, it's too hot. Don't go out. I'm like, you live here. I was like, I'm not even that hot. I was like, I don't even think it's that hot here. Uh, and they're like, yo, don't go out. It's too hot. Just take a nap. And because that's what people do here. They just sleep all the time. Uh, and uh, and so there's stray dogs everywhere, and they'll attack you because they run, the, they rule the streets. And so that's one of the reasons why the people think I'm crazy, because I go outside. Uh, and I walk places because I don't have any other way to get places. But the dogs, yo, are scary. The dogs are really scary. And so, like, literally, it's like they're gangs. Like, I can't walk down specific blocks because of the dog. Like, those, there'll be a pack of dogs on two specific streets, and I cannot use those streets because the dogs won't let me pass. 
and so it's pretty annoying. Uh, it's literally like the, the, the bloods and the crypts on two different blocks that don't let me pass. And you know what? It makes me want to eat them. It makes me want to eat those dogs because I hate them so much. Yeah, my beloved listeners, when those dogs don't let me pass, oh, jeez, yo. I want to I wanna kill them right there, and then I want to eat them. I want to shoot all the dogs in this country because they're so annoying. And they run the show, and it's like, it's not like people are inhumane to dogs, but just like they shouldn't be in charge. You know, the people should be in charge of the dogs. Because guess what? People do a good job at taking care of dogs. We feed them, and we let them be inside, and we let them go as they please. Dogs don't do that. Dogs don't take care of people well. Okay? If you didn't know, dogs aren't good people owners. Especially when somebody's trying to go get a nice Americano. Uh, but I was walking down one of the safe blocks, and then a lot of the dogs are kind of stray or kind of small. But then this dog, yo. And so the small dogs I'm not that afraid of, and the, but it would just suck to get bit by one, and then I'd have to go get like a rabies shot or whatever. But they wouldn't actually hurt me. But then I'm walking up this block, and there's this, there's this big dog. Like a dog that would do damage. A dog that would hurt me, for sure. Got in the middle of the street, and it started walking towards me. And I was like, oh, shoot, yo, this dog needs business. Because a lot of the strays, they, they bark, they're all barking, they, they wouldn't actually do something. But this dog, the look in his eyes was, yo, you take one step closer, and, I'm, and it's done. I was like, oh, frick. And so I was actually afraid. Um, but then, and this is when little girl came, saved the day, this little girl. She she hears this dog just barking, barking, barking at me. She comes out of the house, and she runs in between the dog and me. This girl is like seven, and she runs into the street in between the dog and me. And then she looks at me and gets kind of pissed. <laughs> like, gets kind of pissed at me. and. Like, she just motions to me to keep walking. Like, to keep walking in the direction that I wanted to go. And she was like, she looked at me, and she looked at the dog, yelled at the dog, and then told me, like, pointed for me to keep walking in the direction that I was originally going. And she was saying, she did it like she was, like, a boss. It was pretty cool and really humbling to know that this girl, this seven-year-old girl was, uh, one in charge of the dog, but then in in turn, also in charge of me. Because <laughs> she was in control in this situation. She had all the power. She had the power of the dog, which in turn then had the power over me. And then I got past. And so she was super cool. That girl was dope. I, you know, she didn't know nothing. She, she had a little extra than nothing. She was cool. Uh, was her mind beautiful? Nah. Uh, but were her skills at uh, controlling that situation beautiful? Yeah. yeah. And so I love them. I love kids. I love kids. I don't hate kids. But they don't have beautiful minds. That's, that's the point of growing up. Like, if you think a child has a beautiful mind, I hope you marry 
an adult who has the mind of a child. And and I hope it's terrible. And I I don't even have to hope that it's terrible. I I just know that it's gonna be terrible because you would never do that if you actually thought a children a child had a beautiful mind. Uh, then marry somebody with the mind of a child, and your life's gonna suck. <laughs> because the woman that I marry, she's gonna have a beautiful mind, and it's gonna be nothing like a child, and it's going to be nothing like a child. If my future wife's mind resembled even a little bit of a child's mind, uh, that relationship would last uh, zero seconds. So, so think of so think of nothing, and then think of zero time in that nothing, and that that is exactly what my relationship would be with that person who has the mind of a child but is an adult. Uh, because my wife, I know she's gonna be freaking dope, uh, and uh, she's gonna be nothing like a kid. Uh, she's gonna be an adult, cause. That's who I want to marry, an adult who has a beautiful mind and who knows how to uh, work in social situations and knows how to enter and leave conversations subtly without being inappropriate and who knows how to uh, like handle herself at a funeral or handle herself when somebody's saying something important, but she also has to say something but but isn't as important as what the other person is currently saying. So she doesn't say anything until that person's done. And then she speaks because that's the appropriate thing to do. Uh that's a beautiful mind. That a beautiful mind is when uh some lady is talking and she's saying something could be anything. Uh could be important or it could not be important. It, a beautiful mind is when that lady is saying something super awesome and important. And then me comes up who has something that he wants to say and uh, doesn't say it because somebody else is talking. That's a beautiful mind. Uh, kids, children have zero capacity to do that ever, ever. A lot of people don't understand that for a long time. And some people never get that. And those people suck. Yeah. Those people uh, suck. You know, those adults that you know, who you'll just be having a conversation, and then they'll just come up out of nowhere and start speaking about what they want to talk about. Those people suck. And you know, you have somebody in your mind. I have somebody in my mind. Uh, and the, those, those, that's what a child's mind looks like in, adult, in an adult. And you don't want any of that. You don't want that any of that ever. Uh, and if you don't know any people like that, uh, guess what? You're probably that person. So figure it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. The, uh, figure it out. Because <laughs> if you don't know that person, you're that person. Uh, so a beautiful mind is is being able to realize when somebody else is talking and then not talking. That's what a beautiful mind is. Okay? Not interrupting people like children. Because children do that. And then they lead you to places that have nothing, that are nothing. And they, they lead you on a quarter-mile journey 
to buy them food, uh, to buy them candy when they've when their faces are already covered in ice cream. That's that's not beautiful. Uh, that's what children do. And so, and you know what a beautiful mind is? A mind uh, that knows how to figure out how to earn money and then buy their own candy. That's that's what a beautiful mind is. That's what a beautiful mind is to me. Is not interrupting people. Uh, is uh, so so far. What so far? Let's recap. What a beautiful mind is. Is uh, is when when uh, you bring out your shy friend and you pick up when and you know when they want to leave and then you leave subtly. That's a beautiful mind. When uh, you don't interrupt people while they're talking and you wait and you control yourself to say the thing that you want to say because somebody else is already saying something that they want to say, and you give them the respect of uh, listening to them and then waiting your turn to say what you want to say. That's a beautiful mind. And then third beautiful aspect of a beautiful mind is learning how to earn money to buy yourself food. That's what I think a beautiful mind is. Learning how to earn money and then buying food for yourself so you don't die so you don't have to have other people buy you food that's i think that's a beautiful mind those three things are beautiful minds uh and guess what children know how to do none of that none of that at all they don't even come close first graders won't be able to do that uh for at least another like 12 years that's how far away they are from having beautiful minds uh okay now uh this is all these kids that i'm talking about are real people so i can't use their names uh so let's call this next kid jimmy and uh he he said one time he's in first grade and he said uh what the fuck in class once (laughs) and internally i lost it internally I was in pieces. Externally, I giggled a little bit, but then composed myself. Uh, and because none of the other kids knew what it meant, they didn't even notice what he said. They didn't like. They didn't hear it. They didn't notice it at all. I was the only person in the room who noticed it. And I thought to myself, I was like, "Did he actually just say that?" And and so and he didn't. And then the class just continued. I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything about it. <laughs> Because I was like, did he actually just say that? Like, did I actually just hear that? And uh, I was like, no way. But it, he said it correctly, too. Uh, like, one of the kids did something weird. And he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> in a little Thai accent. It's so cute. And so me, I don't curse in, in normal everyday speech, but I ha- I'm quoting this kid, so I have to say it. And I'm an adult, so it doesn't matter. I know nobody's getting hurt by me quoting a first grader and me saying the F word. Uh, uh, <laughs> and he said it appropriately. It was like some kid did something weird. Uh, and then little Jimmy was like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> And so internally, I lost it. Guys, my beloved listeners, I love you guys so much. And then I heard him say it again. And I, then it gave me confirmation. I was like, oh, he's actually saying this. But 
nobody else is. Uh, one time we were playing a game, we were like kicking a ball outside with a bunch of the other kids, and then he says it again. But then he ran away, and and I'm a little torn because I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think I'm gonna say anything to him about it. <laughs> Because uh, nobody understands, because my thing is, nobody understands what he's saying. I should say, I, there's no, so I should say something to him about it. I should, I should, I, yeah, I should. There's no talking myself out of it. I should, yeah, I should, yeah, yeah, I should say something about it. Yeah, there's no, yeah, definitely. I was going to say, uh, nobody understands what he's saying. So it doesn't really matter, and that word doesn't really have the the meaning that it does here in Thailand as it does in America. Nobody really knows. So what's the deal? It's not really that inappropriate. And he's speaking English, and he's incredibly intelligent. Like he's super smart. He's probably the best kid in, like the smartest kid in the first grade class. And so I go to the other English teacher who's at the school twice a week, and I say, "Hey, fluke. The, oh, I, I mean, the fish uh, is good, right?" And then, but Jimmy, his parents, I was like, do they speak English? And she was like, no. And I was like, how does he know how to speak English so well? And she was like, apparently he watches a lot of movies. And I was like, oh, makes sense. So apparently Jimmy watches lots of movies in his free time. So that's where he learned how to say what the F the way that he does. And he uses it correctly, he uses it in the right context. So, you know, not going to knock the guy for that. But uh, I might have to, yeah, I'm going to have to say something to him. Next time I hear him say it, I got to say something to him. But then uh, there's this other kid. This is the last kid we're going to talk about. And uh, this kid is absolutely hysterical. He's absolutely hysterical. Uh, but Jimmy. Is I love Jimmy. Jimmy's super dope. He's super cool. Like every time I'm walking, he'll run up to me, and he'll put his arms out, and he'll say, "I block you," and I'm like, "Frick, Jimmy, I gotta go to class. I gotta teach." And he's like, "No, I block you. You have to pay me." <laughs> and he tells me to pay him, well, but I don't have I don't have any money on me. So I'm like, "Jimmy, I'm sorry. I can't pay money, but I gotta go teach." And then he'll get distracted and go run off and do something else. Uh, but it's mad funny. Because every single time I'm walking, he stands in front of me with his arms stretched out wide. And he says, I block you. And then he'll roll tires at me too. And he'll say, I crash you. And then he'll, sometimes he'll run. And he's a first grader and really tiny. He'll, is freaking dope. I love it. I love it so much. He's so cool. And uh, he'll like run from the other side of the school. From the other side of the school and run full speed into me. And then he says, I crash you. And I just start laughing because it's hysterical because he's super tiny, super tiny, like probably weighs 30 pounds and just runs full speed into me. And then he doinks his head like on my hip and then he's like, oh, my head. And then he'll, like, roll his head around like he hurt himself. <laughs> and then he says, I crash you. And I said, yeah, you did, Jimmy. I was like, I'm like, you're the man, Jimmy. And then I give him fist bumps. 
and then he runs off and does something else. So Jimmy is super cool. I freaking love that kid. He's awesome. Uh, and he's really good in cuts, too. He never gives me any problems. So I freaking, I love Jimmy. He's cool. Uh, and, uh, like, I look forward to, he's got this bowl cut. And so I look forward to, uh, like, seeing him every day. Because I see, the, I see Jimmy every single day. Every day I hang out with Jimmy. And he's dope. He's awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then there's this other kid. Uh, let's call him Steve. And Steve is funny. Steve is funny. Uh, to just today, like actually today, he runs up to me. And I don't know where he got this from. But he, I don't even know where this is from, but I know it's a thing. He runs up to me and he says, Hey, Johnny. My name is John and they call me Mr. John. He says, Hey, Johnny. And I start dying. I start cracking up. And he, and he realizes that it's funny and he keeps saying it. Uh, and I have no idea where he got that from. Still, I don't know where that's from, but I know it's from a thing. I think it's from some movie. Uh, and he says, I'm like, I have no idea where he got this from. And so I start cracking up. And there's this one time me and Steve were sitting and, uh, uh, we were sitting like on a bench and he pointed to a bicycle and he said, bike. And I, I remembered, uh, do you know Tom Segura, the stand-up comedian? He has this bit where he talks about this episode of Scared Straight where one of the prison guards yells at a kid uh, for stealing bikes, but the way that he says it, uh, so the prisoner, scared straight, is when children will go into prisons and the prisoners will talk to them, scaring them straight into not being bad kids. Uh, and so one of the prisoners, big black dude, asks uh, one of the little kids, why are you in here? And the kid says, stealing. And the, the prisoner says, stealing what? And the kid says, bikes. And then the prisoner goes, bikes! And <laughs> so now every time I see a bicycle, I think of bikes! Bikes! And uh, so when Steve points to the bike, and in his cute little first grade voice, he says, bike! I say, no, 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 no. Bike! And then, so now... <laughs> Every time Steve sees a bicycle, he runs up to me and he says, Bike! <laughs> and I just, and then he starts laughing because I start laughing. And we both just start cracking up because it's so funny what he does. Uh, <laughs> so every time he sees a bicycle, he runs up to me and he goes, Bikes, <laughs> and uh, and I love it. I freaking love Steve. He's the man. Uh, and also he does a lot of impersonations of superheroes, and also he does a lot of impersonations of uh inanimate objects like shirts or uh like sticks, and he'll like ask me things, and I'll point to. He'll be like, "What's this?" I'll say, it's a book, and then I'll point to, an, he'll go to another thing, 
and he'd be like, what's this? And I'm like, it's a bottle. And he does, he, he acts out that object in the same exact impersonation every single time. And it's the funniest thing in the world. Because when I'm like, it's a book, then he says, I'm a book, and puts both his hands in the air, wiggles his fingers, and then wiggles his whole body. <laughs> and then he goes, I'm a book. <laughs> and then wiggles his whole body, and then wiggles his fingers. And he's like, what's this? And I'm like, it's a water bottle. And he goes, I'm, he, go, he doesn't say I am, he says, I, water bottle. And then he sticks up his hands, wiggles his fingers, wiggles his head, and then wiggles his whole body. Every single time, no matter what it is, he does the same exact impersonation. And it's amazing. And it's amazing. It's phenomenally hysterical. Is it beautiful? Uh, no. <laughs> is it funny? Yeah, 100%. Uh, and then, he, the way he impersonates superheroes, uh, he'll go, he does the same thing. And it only works for Iron Man. <laughs> he does an Iron Man impersonation for every single superhero. Like, he'll stick his palms facing forward and then go boom, boom, moving his hands one at a time, like shooting something out of his palms. Uh, and he'll be like, I'm, he goes, I, Iron Man. And he goes, boom, boom. And he goes, I, Superman. And he goes, boom, boom. And he says Supergirl a lot, too. He says, I, Supergirl. And he goes, boom, boom. I'm like, dope, this kid's not sexist. I love it. He can be inspired by our female superhero. Because uh, we're not sexist here in Thailand. Uh, or in America, too. I'm, just, I'm not sexist in America or in Thailand. And neither would Steve. Because uh, Steve is awesome, and he wants to be Supergirl. Uh, <laughs> and he wants to be super cool. He wants to be Supergirl and have the powers of Iron Man for sure. Uh, and also what uh me and Steve do together because he got tired of the the basic high five. Uh, that now we high heads, and so what Steve and I do together is so once once the high five was played out, uh, we went to the fist bumps. And then one time, he didn't see me going for a high five or the fist bump. So I fist bumped his head with my hand. So I lightly punched him in the face. And he loved it. And so now, uh, and then, so then when I would see him, he, would, he wouldn't stick up his hand. He would lean forward and stick up and like arch his neck and like perk up his head for me to lightly punch him in the head. And, <laughs> and so I would do that. And then after that got old, we started headbutting each other. And so he'll, he'll perk up his neck and like, or arch his neck and then perk up his head. And then I do the same thing. And then we bump heads together. <laughs> and it's hysterical. Because for me, from an outside point of view, is I'm headbutting a first grader, a Thai first grader, and it's our thing. Like, me and Steve have inside jokes. So, I have an inside joke with, <laughs> with Thai children. <laughs> I have inside jokes with Thai children. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I love it. Like, I, in this country, in the whole country of Thailand, I know 
an overwhelmingly greater amount of children than I do adults. I have more children friends than I do adult friends. So as much as smack that I talked about kids today, because they're stupid and they don't know anything and won't know anything for like at least another 35 years, uh, I love them and they're awesome, okay? But I don't think we should credit them with having a beautiful mind because people actually do have beautiful minds. And if you say a kid has one, uh, what about oh, everybody else? Because everybody, if you say that the kid gets scored a 10, you can't go and score an adult that. You can't, you can't do it. You have to reserve some things. Like, is nothing sacred. Is nothing sacred in this world. You can't, if everything's beautiful, then nothing's beautiful, okay? And children's minds are one of those things that aren't beautiful. So, but as much smack as I talk about uh, kids and their stupid brains, I love them so much. And it's not bad to say that they have stupid brains. Because for first graders, compared to other first graders, they're not stupid. Uh, But compared to everyone else ever to live past first grade, they're stupid. And it's not offensive. Like, I don't understand, like, why anybody would get mad at me for calling kids stupid because they are. Like, they can't do anything. Like, if kids were smart, they wouldn't have to go to school. Okay? Uh, My beloved listeners, I love you so much. Kids are stupid. All right? Get on the train. Stupid kids. All right? They're stupid. Say it. Say it. We'll say it together. You ready? One, two, three. Kids are stupid. Nice. That was dope. High five. Head bump. Boom. We just did it. Ha. I love you, my beloved listeners. I love you guys so much. You guys are awesome. Uh, Kids are stupid. And it's not okay. I mean, it's not wrong to say that. And it's okay. It's okay to say that. Next time you see a kid, uh, just know that their brain is filled with nothing. And then you'll be able to love them better. Okay? Because that's why I don't get mad at my students when they don't understand something. Because I know they're first graders. And I don't expect a first grader to understand third person plural. Okay? I don't expect that of them. That's why I exist. That's why my job exists, because kids are stupid. I exist as a professional because kids are stupid. I wouldn't have a job. I'd have a job, but I wouldn't have this job. If kids were smart, I would do something else. I wouldn't be able to do what I do if kids were smart. So, so yeah, uh, kids, kids are stupid, all right? So love it, okay, baby? All right, my beloveds, kids are stupid. I love you guys so much, uh, but... It's okay to say kids are stupid, and that's why that's why I think I'm partially that's why why I think I'm a good teacher because I know that kids are stupid, and I don't get mad at them when they don't understand what a preposition is because I know they're stupid, okay, and then I can love them, and I could explain it to them over and over and over and over and over again because I know they've never heard about it before, so why would I get frustrated? You don't. Because they don't know anything. That's why I exist as a professional. Because kids are stupid. Alright? I love them. And I think, I hope you'll be able to do the help you, you were able to tell by, the, by this podcast how much I love kids. Uh, I love it. I love, I love my job. I feel like I found the golden ticket of work. It's awesome. I just hang out with kids all day and have inside jokes. 
with first graders. Like, that's dope. I get to be myself all day. And it's rewarded. And I'm encouraged to be myself. It's super cool. I love my job and I love these kids. I love these stupid, deviant kids. I love them because they're awesome. And we have inside jokes. And I know more kids in this whole country than I do adults. I know about 10 adults by name in this country. And I know almost 100 children by name in this country. I know about 10 adults in all of Thailand. And imagine that. Think about the country that you're in, America. And imagine knowing 10 people. 10 adults. Imagine knowing 10 adults, that's it. Imagine, it's not even that. Like, you have 10 adult friends. But imagine knowing 10 people's name in a whole country. Imagine that. Imagine knowing 10 people's names in the whole country that you're in. That's how many that I know. And then I know almost 100 children by name. And I spend so much more time with uh, children than I do with adults. And so I kind of feel like I'm becoming more stupid. Uh, but that's okay, because I like what I do. Uh, one more thing about Steve. Uh, little Steve, little first grader. Him and this other kid named Eric. Uh, they also do this thing where if they see me, they run up to me and pretend to shoot me with guns. And then I respond like I'm getting shot. And then it's super cool. And then it's developed, too. It's grown. The inside joke has grown and expanded. Uh, so they'll run up to me. And at first, they just would like shoot me with guns. And then they would shoot me with machine guns. And then they would shoot me with bazookas. And I would pretend to explode. And then, uh, and then they would uh, throw grenades at me. And then they would throw like sticky bombs on me. And then I would take the sticky bomb off and I'd pretend to put it on them. And then they'd be like making beeping sounds with their mouths the whole time. And then every single time I put it off me and I throw it, they always get it in time and then put it back on me. Uh, and so I always blow up. They never blow up. I always blow up. They always blow me up. And, and so it's developed and they've gotten, they've become more creative with it. And then now, which I think is really creative, is they use swords now too. And they'll like slip me open and I'll pretend like my arm fell off and I'll pretend like my legs fall off. And then sometimes, this is a little inappropriate, but you got to respect the game. They uh, pretend to sometimes cut off my penis, uh, but it's like from far away. And then they laugh. So like they're not near my crotch at all, but then they like swipe, you know, near my crotch. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. And then I'm like, oh, frick. I'm like, oh. I go with it because they're first graders and it's funny. <laughs> uh, but that's only happened twice ever. Uh, <laughs> and oh my gosh. I forgot to tell you the best thing about Steve. You know, the guy who does the, the kid who does the impersonations and we bump heads together to show solidarity. Uh, that Steve, Ty Steve, the best thing. Now, this is going to pull it all together. The best thing about Steve is that he looks like an octopus. And, <laughs> and so now, think of everything that I just told you with the impersonations of impersonating books and t-shirts and Iron Man and Supergirl 
and when we bump heads together and how he holds his hands up and wiggles his whole body. Uh, think of all of that and preface all of it that he looks like an octopus while doing it because his eyes are really far apart from each other and his, and his face is kind of scrunched uh, and his forehead is really big. And so he looks like an octopus and it's absolutely hysterical. And I love him so much. But he looks he looks like an octopus, so it makes every single thing that he does more funny. Woo! Wow! We've been going. We've been going for uh, some time, for sure. This has been going. So we got. I hope you guys loved it. I had a blast. You, my beloved, my beloveds. I love you guys so much, my beloved listeners. You guys are the best. You guys, you guys stuck. If you're listening to this right now, you made it. You did it. This is my longest podcast, I'm pretty sure, uh, so far. And it's just me talking. I, I was in a good mood today. Uh, so now we got the last uh, we got the last segment for you. We got Joffrey's conversation enders. We got Joffrey's conversation enders. This, gonna, this one's going to be quick. Uh, we're all sitting around at a table, different groups of people sitting, but they all everybody knows each other. Uh, so I talk to everybody who's sitting at the table. Then Joffrey comes and sits down. And the group next to me, they're having a conversation amongst themselves. I'm sitting there. And I've already spoken to them. I've already introduced myself. We already all know each other. What Joffrey does in the middle of this group of people having a conversation, he puts two of his fingers together, his uh, middle finger and his index finger, pointer finger, pointer finger and middle finger together. Put those fingers together. Puts, extends his whole arm to be in the center of their conversation and then loudly taps repeatedly on the table. I'm not sure if you'll be able to hear it on the mic, but does loudly taps on the table with both of his fingers repeatedly until everybody stops speaking just like this. Until Everyone stops talking, looks at him like, what? (laughs) And then he says to one person, only one person in the whole group, have you met John? And and so that's this is why I love Joffrey, because what he he had good intentions. And he wanted me to make sure he wanted to make sure that I knew everybody at the table. And so that was really nice of him. But it was also insane. It was also absolutely, utterly, entirely insane to ever think that that's okay to do ever, to do ever. And it happened. Uh, And and so that was, that was actually a Joffrey conversation starter. (laughs) So, yeah, that's a curveball for this segment. Uh, my beloveds, my beloved listeners, I love you guys so much. You guys did it. You guys made it. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I love you so much. You did it. You did it. You did it. You did it. I love you. I love you. You made it. You Thank you for listening. I love you guys so much. Uh, can't wait to talk to you guys again. I look forward to it. I look forward to doing this all, all the time. I love it. It's so much fun for me. I hope it's fun for you, too. I think this was a good episode. I had a good time. I hope you had a good time, too. I love you so much. Until next time.